If someone were to ask you to choose one event from history that guaranteed the world would be as it is now, one good answer would be the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand in late June 1914. If you think about it, you will see that without World War I starting exactly when it did, it would not have ended the way it did or when it did. We likely wouldn't see the technology that was invented during the war because the people who developed them would have never come up with it because they would have been working on other things at the time that they would have done so. They would have invented it. Then, when the inevitable European war started, the idea would never enter their mind. World War I started when it did, caused the Treaty of Versailles to have what it did. Italy got less than hoped, leading to Mussolini becoming il duce. Hitler would have never risen to power, and the USSR likely would have never formed. And the European empires may have never fallen. We would never have landed on the moon, and you may not even have the phone that you are likely listening to this on. The list goes on and on. Europe had two very large sets of allies, the Central Powers and the Entente. In the Central Powers, there was Italy, Germany, Austria-Hungary, and later Bulgaria, and the Ottomans. Italy would also switch sides. On the Entente, there was Serbia, Montenegro, France, Russia, and later Belgium, England, Portugal, Greece, Romania, and Italy. After the assassination of Franz Ferdinand, Austria-Hungary sent a letter with list of demands to Serbia. Here is the letter. Vienna, July 22, 1914. Your Excellency, with present the following note to the royal government of the afternoon of Thursday, July 23rd, on the 31st of March, 1909. The Royal Serbian Minister of the Court of Vienna made, in the name of his government, the following declaration of the Imperial and Royal Government. Serbia recognized that her rights were not affected by the state of affairs created in Bosnia. The states that she accordingly accommodated herself to this decision, to be reached by the powers in connection to the Article 25 of the Treaty of Berlin, Serbia, in accepting the advice of the great powers, binds herself to detest the attitude of protest and opposition which she had assumed with regards to annexation since October last, and she furthermore binds herself to alter the tendency of her present policy towards Austria-Hungary, and to live on the footing of a friendly and neighborly relationship in the latter, of the latter in the future. Now, the history of the past few years, and particularly the painful event of June 28th on June, have proved the existence existence of a subversive movement in Serbia, whose objective is to separate certain portions of its territory from the Austro-Hungarian monarchy. This movement, which came under, into being under our very own eyes of the Serbian government, subsequently found expressions outside the territory of the kingdoms in active terrorism in a number of attempts at assassination and murders. Far from fulfilling the royal obligations, Contained in the declaration of the 31st of March, 1909, the Royal Serbian government has done nothing to suppress the movement. It has to tolerated the criminal activities of the various unions and associations directed against the monarchy. The unchecked utterance of the press, glorification of the authors of the assassination, the participation of the offices and officials in subversive in intrigues, it has to tolerated the unhealthy propaganda in it is public instruction and it has tolerated finally every manifestation which could betray the people of serbia into hatred of the monarchy and contempt for the institutions this toleration of which the Ser royal serbian government was guilty 
was still in evidence at the moment when the events of the 28th of June exhibited to the whole world the dreadful consequences of such tolerance. It is clear from the statement and confessions of the criminal authors of the assassination of the 28th of June that the murder at Sarajevo was conceived at Belgrade, that the murderers received the weapons and bombs which, with which they were equipped from Serbian officers and officials who belonged to the Nandula Obrath, Obrana, or the Serbian military. And finally, that the dispatch of the criminals and of their weapons to Bosnia was arranged and effected under the conduct of the Serbian frontier authorities. The result brought out by the inquiry no longer permit the imperial royal government to maintain the attitude of patience tolerance which it had observed for years towards these agitations, which at central Belgrade are spread thence into the territories of the monarchy. Instead, these results impose upon the imperial and royal government the obligation to put an end to these intrigues, which constitute a standing menace to the peace of the monarchy. In order to attain this end, the imperial and royal government finds itself compelled to demand that the Serbian government give official assurance that it will condemn the propaganda against Austria-Hungary, that is to say, the whole body of efforts whose ultimate object is to separate from the monarchy territories that belong to it, and that it will obligate itself to suppress with all means of its command this criminal and terroristic propaganda in order to give these assurances a character of solemnity. The Royal Serbian Government will publish on the first page of its official organ, July 26, 13, the following declaration. The Royal Serbian Government condemns this propaganda directly against the Austro-Hungarian, that is to say, the whole body of efforts and the ultimate object of the separate of the Austro-Hungarian monarchy, territories that belong to it, and most sincerely regrets the dreadful consequences of, the of the cr these criminal transactions. The S royal Serbian government regrets that Serbian officers and officials should have taken part in the above-mentioned propaganda, and thus have endangered the friendly and neighborly relations to the cultivative of the royal government, had most solemnly pledged itself by all declarations of March 31st, 1909. The royal government, which disproves and repels every idea and every attempt to intervene in the destinies of the population of whatever portion of the officers, officials, and the whole population of the kingdom to the fact that for the future will proceed to the uttermost rigor against any person who shall become guilty of any such activities, activities to prevent and to suppress which the government sh will bend every effort. This declaration shall be brought to the attention of the royal army simultaneously by order of the day from His Majesty the King, and by publication of the official organ of any army. The royal Serber Serbian government will furthermore pledge itself 1. To suppress every publication which shall entice to hatred and contempt of the monarchy and general tendencies which shall be directed against the territory integrity of the latter. Talking about the Austro-Hungarian monarchy. To proceed at once to the desolation of the Naradna Abrana, to confiscate all its means of propaganda, and at the same manner to proceed against the others' union, unions and associations of the Serbians who occupy themselves with propaganda against Austria-Hungary, the royal government shall take these measures as are necessary to make sure that he the dissolved associations may not continue their activities under other names or in other forms, or in other words, that. Uh, Basically, you, the, the Serbian government has to suppress speech against the Austro-Hungarian government. 
3. To eliminate without delay from public instructions in Serbia everything whether connected to the teaching corps or with the method of teaching that serves or may serve to nourish the propaganda against Austria-Hungary, basically the same as the last, to remove from the military and administrative service in general all officers and officials who have been guilty of carrying out the propaganda against Austria-Hungary, whose names the imperial and royal government reserves the right to make known to the royal government when communicating the material evidence now in possession. To agree to the corporation in Serbia of the organ f five to agree to the corporation cooperation in Serbia of the organs of the imperial and royal government to the suppression of the subversive movement directed against the integrity of the monarchy. Um, six to Institute a judicial inquiry against every participant in the conspiracy twenty eighth of June of the twenty eighth of June who may have been found in Serbian territory. The organs of the Imperial and Royal Government delegate for this purpose will take part in the proceedings held by the, for this purpose. Seven. To understand with all haste the the arrest of the major Volslav and Tankst uh, Tankisik Tankosik and of one of the Malin Siganovich a Serbian official, who had been compromised by the results of the inquiry. 8. By effectively measuring to prevent the participation of Serbian authorities in the smuggling of weapons and explosives across the frontier to dismiss from the service and punish severely those members of the frontal service of Skabats and Lasinotsa who arrested the officers in the crime of Sarajevo to cross the frontier. 9. To make explanations to the imperial and royal government concerning the unjustifiable utterances of high Serbian function in Serbia and abroad, who without regard for their official position have not hesitated to express themselves in a manner hostile toward Austro-Hungary since the assassination of the 28th of June. 10. To inform the imperial and royal government without delay of the execution of the measures compromised in the foreign points. The imperial and royal government awaits your reply at the royal government by Saturday, 25th instant at 6 p.m. at the latest. The entire ultimatum was agreed to except for number 6. 6. To institute a judicial inquiry against every participant in the conspiracy of the 28th of June who may have been found in Serbian territory. The organs of the imperial and royal government delegate for this purpose will take part in the proceedings held for this purpose. Simplified, that means that you will investigate everyone involved in the conspiracy, but on the courts there will be an Austro-Hungarian judges. Oh, did I forget to mention that if Serbia did not agree to all of this, every last bit of it, Austria-Hungary would go to war with a small nation. That is exactly what they did. The moment Austria-Hungary didn't agree to the agree-to portions of the ultimatum, Serbia began mobilizing on the Austro-Hungarian border. Russia did the same. In response, Austria-Hungary asked Germany if they would help Austria-Hungary in a war. Germany said yes. Austria declared war on Serbia on the 28th of July, a month after the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and then began mobilizing on both the Serbian and Russian borders. Germany started trying to get Russia to stop doing anything. The Kaiser and the Tsar were closely related, and really didn't want to go to war. So the Kaiser, Kaiser Wilhelm II, sent to the Tsar, Tsar Nicholas II, asking for the, both sides not to go to the war, and signed his telegrams with the German equivalent of Willy, and the Tsar signed his telegrams with the Russian equivalent of Nikki. 
Sarda Kaiser, July 28th, 1 a.m. Peter's Court Palace, 29th July, 1914. Su Majesté Empereur Neus Palace. I am glad you are back in this serious moment. I appeal to you to help me. An ignorable war has been declared to a weak country. The indignation in Russia shared fully by me is enormous. I foresee that very soon I shall be overwhelmed by the pressure forced upon me and be carried to take extreme measures which will lead to war. To try and avoid such calamity as a European war, I beg you in the name of our old friendship to do what you can to stop your allies from doing going too far. Nikki. Kaiser Tsar, July 29th, 1.45 a.m. This and the previous telegram crossed. 28th July, 1914. It is with concerns that I hear the impression which the action of Austria against Serbia is creating in your country. The unscrupulous agitation that has been going on in Serbia for years has resulted in the outrageous crime to which Archduke Franz Ferdinand fell victim. The spirit that led Serbia to murder their own king and his wife shall dominate the country. You will doubtless agree that this means that we both, you and me, have a common interest as well as all sovereigns to insist that the persons morally responsible for the dastardly murder shall receive the deserved punishment. In this case, politics plays no part at all. On the other hand, I fully understand how difficult it is for you, your government, to face the drift of your public opinion. Therefore, with regard to the hearty and tender friendship which binds us both together for for long ago, which firm ties, I am exerting my uttermost influence to induce the Austrians to deal straightly to arrive to a satisfactory understanding with you. I confidently hope that you will help in my efforts to smooth over difficulties that may still arise. Your very sincere and devoted friend and cousin, Philly. Kaiser Tsar, July 29th, 6.30pm, Berlin 29, July 1914. I receive your telegram and share your wish that peace shall be maintained. But as I told you in my first telegram, I cannot consider Austria's actions against Serbia as an ignorable war. Austria knows by experience that Serbia's provinces on no paper are wholly unreliable. I understand that its actions must be judged as trending to get fully guaranteed that Serbian provinces will be shall become real facts that my reasoning is born out of the statement of Austria's cabinet that Austria does not want to make any territorial conquests of the expense of Serbia. I therefore suggest that it will be quite possible for Russia to maintain a spectator of the Austro-Serbian conflict without involving Europe in the most horrible wars she has ever witnessed. I think a direct understanding between your government and Vienna is possibly undesirable. As I already telegraphed you, as my government is continuing its exercises to promote it, of course, military measures on the part of the Russia would be looked upon by Austria as a calamity. We both wish to avoid and jeopardize my position as a mediator, which I readily accept on your appeal for my friendship and help. Willi. Sarda Kaiser, July 29th, 8.20 p.m. Peter's Court Palace, 29 July, 1914. Thank you for your telegram, conciliatory and friendly, whereas official messages presented today by your ambassador to my minister were conveyed in very different tone. Beg you to explain this divergence. It would be right to give over the Austro-Servian problem of Hugh Conference. Trust in your wisdom and friendship, your loving Nikki.
Sorta Kaiser, July 29th, 1.20 a.m. Peter's Court Palace, 30 July 1914. Thank you heartily for your quick answer. I am sending Tashtishev this evening with instructions the military measures which have now come into force were decided five days ago for reasons of defense, on account of Austria's preparation. I hope from all my heart that these measures will in any way interfere with you, part as mediator, which I greatly value. We need your strong pressure on Austria to come to an understanding with us. Niki. Kaiser de Tsar, July 30th, er, July 30th, 1.20 a.m. Berlin 30th, July 1914. Best thanks for telegram. It is quite out of the questions that my ambassador's language would have been in contradiction for the tenor of my telegram. Count Portugalis was instructed to draw the attention to your, of your government to the danger and grave consequences involved by the mobilization. I said in the same of my telegram to you, Austria has only mobilized against Serbia, and only a part of her army. If as it is now the case, according to the communication by you and your government, Russia mobilizes against Austria, my role as mediator and your kindly entrusted me, I accept the at your express prayer. It will be endangered, if not ruined. The whole weight of your decision lies solely on your soldiers now, who have to bear the responsibility for peace of all. Philly. Kaiser Tsar, July 30th, Berlin, 31st, July 1914. Aren't your appeal to my friendship and your call to assistance begins the mediation between you and the Austro-Hungarian Empire? Well, this Austro-Hungarian government. Well, this action was preceded your troops were mobilized against Austria-Hungary, my allies, thereby... As I have already pointed out to you, my meditation has been made almost illusory. I nevertheless continue my action. I have, I now receive authentic news of serious preparations for war on the eastern frontier. Responsibility for the safety of my empire forces prevents measures of defense upon me. In my endeavors to maintain the peace of the world, I have gone to the uttermost limit possible. The responsibility for the disaster which is now threatening the whole civilized world will not be laid at my door. At this moment, I still lie in your power to avert it. Never, nobody is threatened by the honor of the power of Russia, who can uh, well afford to wait as a result of my meditation. My friendship for you and your empire transmit to me by my grandfather and his dead bed has always been sacred to me. I have honestly been often back to Russia when she is in serious trouble, especially in her last war. The peace of Europe may still be maintained by you, if you Russia will agree to stop the military measures which must threaten Germany and Austria-Hungary. Really. Tsar to Kaiser, July 31st. This and the previous telegram cost, crossed. Petersburg Palace, 31st, July 1914. Su Majesty Imperial New Palace. I thank you heartily for your meditation, which begins to give up one hope that all may yet in end all peacefully. It is technically impossible to stop our military preparations, which were oblig obliged owing to Austria's mobilization. We are far from wishing war as long as the negotiations with Austria on the Serbians account are taking place, my troops shall not make any provocative action. I give you my solemn word for this. I put it in the trust of God's mercy and hoping your successful mediation in Vienna for the welfare of countries in the peace of Europe. Your affectionate Nikki.
Sarda Kaiser, August 1st, Peter's Court Palace, 1st August 1914. Sir Majesty Imperial Berlin. I received your telegram. Understand you are obliged to mobilize, but wish to have the same guarantee from you, as I give you that these measures do not mean war, and that we shall continue negotiations for the benefit of our countries and universal peace deal to all of our hearts. Our long-provided friendship must succeed. With God's help, in avoided bloodshed, anxiously full of confidence await your answer. Niki. Kaiser de Tsar, August 1st. Berlin, 1st August, 1914. Thanks for your telegram. I yesterday appointed out to your government the way by which alone war may be avoided. Although I have requested an answer by noon, today no telegram from Ambassador Con saying an answer from your government has reached me as yet. I therefore am obliged to mobilize my army. S immediately affirmative, clear and unmistakable answer for your government is the only way to avoid endless misery. Until I have received the ans this answer, alas, I am unable to disguise the subject of your telegram. As a matter of fact, I must request you to immediately order your troops on no account to commit the slightest act of trespassing over our frontiers. Willie. As you can see there, neither side is very hyped for another big war. But Kaiser Wilhelm II sounds much less trusting towards the end of the exchange, and more likely to go to war than the Tsar. This did not go well, and 19 days later, they declared war on each other. The twenty two days later, France and Germany simultaneously declared war on each other. Now Austria, Hungary, and Germany were both at war with Russia, Serbia, and France. How did England, the final power to enter the war until the USA, end up joining? The answer lies in two things Belgium and the Schlieffen Plan. The Schlieffen Plan was a May a plan made by a German dude by the name of Alfred von Schlieffen. This field marshal's plan was a plan conceived in case of a two-front war fighting both France and Russia. His plan was to go around the French defenses on the border that the French had with Germany and go through Belgium. Go around Paris and then attack the French forces at the defenses and destroy them by making them fight a two-front battle. This would soon kick the French out of the war and then the full German might could be focused on destroying Russia. Sounds good, right? Wrong. Did you hear that? And go through Belgium. You heard it? Still sounds benign? Well, I forgot to mention that Belgium was guaranteed by England. A guarantee is basically a big country saying that if someone invades this smaller country, then you have me to deal with. This is what happened with the Allies and Poland to kick off World War II. And a simplified version of what happened with the Entente and the Central Powers in this war. Well, because Germany was trespassing through Belgium, and Belgium didn't like that, and weren't just going to shut up and let them walk a bajillion soldiers through them, they started. They joined the war, and so did Germany. This is how all of the major powers in World War I joined the war. Until the United States, like, three years later. In modern academia, there has been a push to get rid of what has been called Great Man History. I firmly disagree. I believe great men are part of history and should be honored 
and studied. So, I have created a segment at the end of every podcast. It'll be called the Hero of the Week, and um, each time I'll tell you of a different hero from the 20th century. This week, we have White Death. White Death was the nickname of a Finnish sniper from the Winter War in World War II. It was given to him by the Soviets. His real name was Simo Heha. He was born on December 17, 1905, and during the Second World War he had 542 confirmed kills, and in his journal he had a tally of 705. A confirmed kill is a kill observed by someone besides a sniper, such as a fellow soldier, a spotter, or an enemy. A spotter is someone who is tasked with finding targets for the sniper. He initially joined the Finnish army in 1925. There, he was issued a rifle, and because he was such a good shot, they let him buy it when his term expired. He spent the next several years practicing and hunting with it. Then, when the USSR invaded in November 30, 1939, he re-enlisted, and instead of accepting the new and improved rifle of the Finnish military, he chose to use his old one because he had spent so much time practicing with it, and was far better with it. He never used a scope, and instead of fancy headshots, he only did body shots to guarantee a hit. He fought the Russians until the end of the war in 1940. He then retired. Simo Heha died on April 1st, 2002. Next week, we'll dive into the Soviet Revolution of 1917. What led up to it, and why was it significant? Thanks so much for listening. This has been the 20th Century History Podcast. See you next week.